Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Today on Marvel Movie News, Venom 2 has found a new surprising director. Deadpool is maybe PG-13 and R-rated? And breaking news on a Lord and Miller live action show at Sony. I don't know what it is. Plus, I'm going to react to that S.H.I.E.L.D. finale because this is the first time I've talked about it on the air. This is Marvel Movie News. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Marvel Movie News. Oh, good afternoon to you, our merry Marvelites. Welcome back. It feels good to be back. I know, it was ah, weird without music. you here. Thank you. Well, well Wait a minute. There's, there's all kinds of music playing. I, I, th- I thought we were under siege. So did I. Look, it's it was an intense week away. There's a lot of news. There's not a lot of news. But there's a lot of rumors and stuff to talk about. Okay. Hey, yeah. guys. I'm Zach Wilson. This is the Marvel Movie News. We're coming to you live from a motion capture studio. Uh, you'll understand that once we get to the Venom 2 news. Uh, but I have the panel here with me. Zia Anderson. Hello, hello, everybody. In the building. That's Christian me. Blatt over there. That's me. Howdy, folks. <laughs> um, I'm very excited to be back. Yeah, I, I I had to go out of town for work last week. Uh, and You have other jobs more important than this, Christian? I mean, damn it. <laughs> Zach? Whoa. I'm getting you two uh, mixed up a Mom, lot. you're calling me by to be, to, name. To be fair, you know, all white guys look the same, so I get it. <laughs> That's we, true. We totally understand. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Um, but thank you guys so much for joining. Thank you for covering for me while I was away. I listened in. You guys had a very fun episode. It's very lively. Um, We've got, a, a, surprisingly, we've got a bunch of stuff to talk about. Uh, as I teased in the, in the cold open, Venom 2 has found a new director. Uh, Deadpool 3 has some rumors about its rating and that the Deadpool could be bouncing around between rating systems, which is very Deadpool when you really think about it. Yeah. Um, there's some Eternals updates, some r- casting rumors, some TV rumors about a new show. But I want to do the, the breaking news up top. Uh, because Lord and Miller, the Phil Lord and Chris Miller, yeah. who directed Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, uh, apparently are developing. Not j- we had talked a while ago about the fact that they are they were going to be developing some Spider-Man TV series for Sony, mm-hmm. but uh, Phil Lord in uh, sorry wasn't Phil Lord it was Chris Miller it was the other one. Again, uh, told, all white guys look the same. Told it's true. Deadline that. Uh, they are developing, quote, a handful of live-action shows uni- using Sony's Marvel characters. Ah! <laughs> of which so there exciting. are Of which there are, like, 900 characters. Oh, my God. To say. Um, we're figuring out a way to develop the shows so that each are their own unique experience and are also related. That's a huge drop. Not only... There's a lot to unpack in that one, mm. like, quote. So, not only are they developing TV series for Sony, they are also developing their Spider-Man shows, probably related to Into the Spider-Verse, but some of them, if not all of them, are going to be live action. Do you think we're going to get a live action Miles Morales in television before we get him into like a movie as a way to introduce the character more? I doubt it. You don't think so? I doubt it. I, If anything, I think that the... So, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse begs for it to be animated. It does. The spinoffs. Sure. Like, you, you, you could do a Spider-Man noir series. Like, oh. Spider-Gwen is going to be in the Spider-Women right. animated movie that's going to come out in the next few years. So, the, she's not going to have necessarily her own series. But you could do Jessica Drew, Spider-Woman. Um, which Sony does have the rights to is a little like. I was, about little to, I was about to ask that. Yeah, it is a little confusing. Uh, they've said that she's going to be in the Spider-Women it may be that that was part of a deal, and right. I have a feeling Spider Woman probably falls into that nebulous zone like the Scrolls did 
for when Fox or like Scarlet Witch and and Quicksilver did right, when sure. when it was Fox and and Disney, uh, so that like both of them could theoretically use Jessica Drew if they wanted to. Um, the part that surprises me on this is I thought Sony only had movie rights. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because, yeah, we were talking before the show, and, I mean, you have the current version of Spider-Man on Disney XD. Is a, it's, a, it's Disney's Marvel Spider-Man or something like that. It's Marvel Spider-Man's a full title of it, but it's a Disney production, and Sony's not involved. And, by the way, that show does have both Peter and Miles as Spider-Man on the same show. So, so that shows you can really do kind of mm-hmm. anything you want. Maybe it has less to do with TV and more to do with live action versus animation, Something like that, like you, they have, they don't have the rights to the animation, but they Maybe. do have something like that. Although they did do into the Spider Verse, so I don't know. And we could speculate on the, on the legal aspects of these. Want to see these documents? These yeah, that's things. what people tune in for. Our, yeah. our, our legal expertise, because we know <laughs> exactly what we're talking um, about. But so, what do you? What would you guys want to see? From a Sony, and we've had no time to react to this news because we didn't even see it until like uh, right Black before Cat. the show. Yeah. Felicia Hardy, the Black Cat. Oh. I want her to have a series. Uh, if it has to be a limited series, because they might want to use her in a movie sometime, great. But uh, that's a character that we were teased in the second Andrew Garfield because uh, she clearly worked at Oscorp in some capacity, but we didn't get that next Andrew Garfield movie. Yeah. So we almost had her, and uh, obviously that. Silver Sable project has been kicking around for a while. It was going to be a movie at one point. Maybe that's something to turn out. But the, if you want me to pick one that I most want to see, it's definitely Black Cat. Ooh, well, they did one. just do, like, Marvel did just start doing a, a Black Cat solo series right. in comic books. So there's, and you can usually look at comics and find, like, if you if you look for it, you can find what the, the previews of what they're going to do in five years in the movies because they're they're trying to seed that interest yeah. in the characters. Just it's, it was that with Guardians. Then when they relaunched Guardians uh, back in the day, they put out a Guardians Zero with a Peter Quill little origin piece in there, and it was like, here's what the Guardians are going to be in the but, movie, so that you know when you when so that you diehards know what the hell we're doing when we get to the theater. Aha, uh-huh, very clever. Uh, so Black Cat could be could be a good one. I guess you you could do her story without Spider Man. I mean that's the big question. Yeah, I mean you would do her story, and then at some point you could have her meet Spider Man in a movie. But yeah. you don't you don't need to have the same actress or anything like that. And of course, my favorite thing about the Black Cat was when she was dating Spider Man. She never wanted him to take the mask off. She hated Peter, but she sure loved her some Spidey. So I just thought that was an interesting dynamic. That sounds very fetishy. Yeah, sounds, yeah exactly. <laughs> I would love to see an Edge of Spider Verse series, which would just be like basically an anthology. Oh, wow. Because yeah. the Edge of Spider-Verse, if you guys didn't read that when they did the original Spider-Verse comics run, mm-hmm. was just five issues of different uh, spider character origin stories. So you had, that's where Spider-Gwen came from. Was oh. She was the second issue of Edge of Spider-Verse. They were just like, it's Gwen Stacy gets bit by the spider. And, like, what if that happened? And then that character was so popular in that series. And that book so, the book had to be reprinted, like, six times because wow. it sold so well. Uh, I have a first printing, and it's the most valuable comic that I own. That's amazing. I have a lot of old stuff, but that one is by far the most valuable. Um, because so many people wanted it. Why would you say so that, cool. Zach? I know where you live. <laughs> Here. You don't know what pre- where I, I hid that one. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's with all my valuable stuff. Oh, so I'm looking for a whole bunch of valuable things. Uh, I'm giving away way too much information here. Um, but when you get so you could do a series of that. So you could do Spider-Man Noir's origin story if you want to use the characters that are established. But you could do one live action, one animated. You could do all different tones. There was a horror one that was kind of Kafka-esque where Peter gets bitten and then turns into an actual spider. That sounds awesome. Uh, th- like, But that's the kind of thing. You could just bring an anthology series with the cool. idea of Spider-Man, Spider-Verse origins stories where you could bring in any number of directors and writers to do very unique, very stylized stories. That's what I want to see. That'd be very cool. What about a what about a live action Spider Ham, guys? <sighs> live action Spider. Live action Spider Ham. You're breaking so many things there. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, would 
be very interesting. We, a good one in the chat, uh, although we did see this character at the end of Spider-Verse, uh, Zeno Hour suggesting Spider-Man 2099 is uh, something mm. that, uh, well, I always assume he, but he or she would like to see Zeno Hour. So I think that's a great part of the conversation, though, would be, you know, Spider-Man 2099. 2099 is great. I have a feeling he's very much primed to sp- to be the, the catalyst of Spider-Verse 2. Yeah, considering that it was, I think that was the very last scene, like after the credits. Oh yeah, right? it was yeah, the yeah. it was the post credits, and he was getting the device that will oh, let yeah. him jump between universes without phasing and breaking as they did yeah. in in the movie. Uh, so that's the 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 Lord and Miller deal. Uh, Zia, do you have any other ideas, things you really want to see? I would like to see some good villains. Like I think some good Spider Man villains would be fun. I was watching Spider Man cartoon recently, and what. What's the villain's name who has the um he has the pumpkin head? Oh, Jack O' Lantern. Yes. Yeah. It sounds so dumb, but I just want to see it. So you want to that, that's another way you could do it. You could do a bunch of villain. Yeah, origins. I think that would be fun because you get, I mean, it would be just very different. And again, it could be an anthology series, the same thing, and have it be very stylized for each one. But I would just like to see more villains. I like villains. Do you guys think that Sony is going to be working with Disney on these? Because Disney Plus is obviously very specific on what they're doing. Right. But Sony theoretically could see, like, you could do craven origins let's say and then then we've craven who some of the audience will be familiar with but if you do it right you don't necessarily need that information to launch him into spider-man 3 yeah for example uh my theory is a yet to be announced sony streaming platform is what this is that's what i was thinking stop it stop it yeah yeah that's That's exactly what i thought i was doing the math on like what you could get with all of Disney's stuff if you just like went all in on their platform and it's cable. It's yeah, cable. cable. Oh, yeah. yeah, right, exactly. Like, well, well, like, so this is, this, this, you know, I'm going to move this up just because it transitions nicely. Uh, and it's sort of movie news and sort of yeah. not. Uh, yeah. So Disney Plus announced their big bundle deal, yeah. that was rumored. I saw that. Um, which for $12.99, $13, you will be able to get. Disney Plus, mm-hmm. Hulu mm-hmm. with ads. Note yes, that that's, that's with right. ads. That's some trash. I'll and uh, ESPN Plus. Right. So you get so that's thirteen dollars, the exact same price as Netflix. Yeah, I don't think that happened by accident. That they landed no, it did on not. the exact same no, price. No, it did not. You Netflix. know what I do think they're going to do though? Unfortunately, is they're going to it's going to be thirteen ninety nine to get everybody to sign up. Look, it's the same price as oh, Netflix, yeah. but look what you get. And then as soon as they get everyone, hey, so this is actually the real price. It's actually twenty. Yeah. <laughs> the thing like, is, right, I, cool. I don't think that they'll do that because here and here's the difference: Disney doesn't need to raise the prices to make higher profits than Netflix because it's they own the platform and they own the content. It's all profit. It's true, but they still have to put, and I'm assuming that they're going to have high budgets for the shows that they're doing. It's a yes. lot of money to make those shows. Yes, absolutely. Because Netflix is doing a lot of their own content I now think as well. right that the price will raise, but it won't be for the first year. I bet probably not even for the first two. But it'll be, be like when, when it does jump, it'll be a lot. It's yeah. not going to go up a dollar or two. It's going to be like five more dollars. I don't think that they'll do it unless, they, unless they're unless they adding content. Right, I, which I think they would. Because yeah. Disney, so. for For Disney, it's the image. It's the image of, like, we're the perfect place that you can come for happiness. And raising prices constantly goes against that. And that's the thing. They will get more people signing up, and they will have a better image to maintain if they don't do that very very often or very much. Um, The question is, I have lots of questions. Like, I prefer the Hulu no-ads experience. I pay a little bit more so that I can... I do, too. I can occasionally have to watch a commercial before a show, but never in the middle. Um, and that's really nice. So they don't, uh, they haven't released any information on if you want that added. And I'm then there's they will. live TV is another thing. I don't get that necessarily, but that's like another $45. And mm-hmm. suddenly you're spending like $80 you're on gonna... a month on Hulu. Oof. Yeah. And then, and then and just outside cable. of that, like, do you also want Netflix and Amazon Prime? And yes, you're spending and HBO. Do you, get... yeah. do you want well, HBO not. Max? Well, yes, because want... I do. I do want those things. Everything has something that I want. And I'm going to be spending $200 a month on entertainment. It's tough. It's, it's, it's a gonna, it, least, but I this guess. is going to be, th- and eventually we'll see more of these bundles where yeah. other companies will come in, I and that's how it will probably so. work. We'll see. Anyway, uh, so that's the that's the update for you guys on <laughs> who on Disney Plus, um, which between Hulu and Disney Plus, you're going to get 
so much Marvel content over the next few years because you're not only getting all the Disney Plus big budget shows, but you're also getting the Hulu content like Runaways with Cloak and Dagger, Cloak and Dagger crossover stuff, plus you're going to get those four animated series, plus the crossover of the animated series. The Offenders, yes. Yeah, uh, it's going to be chock full of content. You will never be able to sleep for trying to keep up with the Marvel content. That's a window into our lives. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, God only knows when I'll have time to read all the comic books that I want to read in Marvel. I'm just going to wait for them to get turned into TV shows. Dude. I'm going to enjoy these next four months where there's actually no Marvel on television until (laughs) Runaways comes back. Literally four months. But dude, House of X and Powers of X, it's racking my brain. Powers of X, which is a massive lore dump of insanity. I'm sorry. As an aside, we don't have time. No, it's I get it. It's a um, lot of stuff to read. But transitioning from that, let's move go back to Sony and talk about Venom 2, our lead story Ooh. for today. Venom 2 has found a surprising new director. I didn't see this one coming at all. No, no I didn't. No. Andy Circus will be directing Venom 2 with this with Carnage. They did confirm that it's going to be Carnage. Mm-hmm. Um Gollum's directing Venom, guys. I'm so into it. I'm so into it. Here's the thing. It's perfect. He already knows how to talk in, like, the royal we. We has it. That's totally... (laughs) We has it. That's Venom. Venom talks as we... Gollum talks as we... I get it, Sony. I see where your brain went. I see the connective tissue here. Mm -hmm. Um, No, but in in all seriousness, what do you guys think of this 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 surprising news? Oh, I'm such a big fan of Andy Serkis that as soon as I heard that, I was like, oh my god, yeah, give it to me. I don't even know if he can direct well, but I'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't matter. Um, But yeah, I think he's going to bring a really cool... He has so much experience, A, in like the motion capture world, obviously. Um, He has so much experience in all these different genres of movie that I think that it's going to be really, really cool to see his experience brought into this and how it's going to shape the second movie. I think that it's going to be for the better. And Carnage, I'm excited for. Well, really that's excited. the thing. He, he, this, Andy Serkis knows motion capture as well as anybody at this point. Yeah. But his directing credits are thin. He's directed three movies officially before mm-hmm. this. Uh, I've seen none of them, <laughs> to be fair. Tell Something me what they are. Breathe? Which was in 2017. Is that a horror movie? I don't know. I don't. Uh, <laughs> Ruins of the Empire, which was a TV movie, and the biggest one that he did was Mowgli: Legend of the Jungle, which was oh. the non-Disney. Oh, that was the one that Jungle Book. Netflix that yeah. they didn't render the effects. I think because they abandoned the project mm-hmm. and they had it their own. Yeah, but I, 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 yeah. So okay, that's a pretty high-profile one. I don't know. You were, look. We're talking about how much experience he has with mocap and how much that's going to factor in the movie. To me, it's like when you get an all-star player to be a coach of a, of a sports team because it's like, you know what? He has so much on-the-field experience doing mocap. I think he's going to understand how to film it and shoot it and, you know, you got to leave room for this and that. I, I think I think he'll do a great job and, you know, look, it's the movie business. If he's not doing a great job after a couple weeks, then he's, he's going to get somebody to help him out. <laughs> you know? Yeah, uh, that's see, true. See Lord and Miller, who we talked about earlier. Well, interesting that you say getting some help. Apparently, according to Andy Serkis, Tom Hardy has been helping Helping write the movie. Awesome. <laughs> you almost threw your phone. I did. Um, I, I like to throw things when I get excited in case anyone hasn't noticed. That's, um, wow. That's all the detail. Like, there's no other information if he's like officially writing it or if they're just bringing him in to consult because, you know, he's dealt a lot with the, like, the actor embodies the character. Sure. They, they bring yeah. themselves to it. Like, I think it's reasonable for a writer to work with the, the actor, at least like have meetings and stuff with. But do you. Th- do you guys think that Tom Hardy is actually like writing to the point where he'll get a credit? Um, that's a good question. I don't know. Does he write? Is he is this something that he's just doing? I have no idea. Look, I think that uh, there's probably going to be a script and, you know, he that he isn't the original writer of, but I think a lot of times you have these these there's actors of a certain stature that can come on as producers because they're so involved in the rewrite. If you see him get a writing credit, that means that he was so heavily involved. Uh but I think just collaborating with the director on a script, uh, you know, I I think he clearly 
wanted to do this movie. I'm sure he has a good understanding of, of how the character works. And I guess it's really characters. He understands Venom. He understands Eddie Brock. And I think that, uh, you know, that brings that kind of personal connection, I think, will bring a, a quality to this movie that, you know, the people who didn't like it, unlike Zia, the people who didn't like that movie, maybe this is going to be sort of the the element to it that they wanted. He also has a, relation, a previous relationship with Kelly Marcel, who's the writer of the movie, right. um, because they've worked together in the past. Uh, they'd founded programs together and stuff like that. So they, they have a working relationship. So it may be just that, like, they work together and Andy Serkis is like, oh, well, he's, like, coming in and being like have it throwing ideas around at her and then she goes and writes the movie we don't know but i it seems like they're all excited about yeah. it uh woody harrelson is confirmed to be involved as carnage like we saw obviously we saw oh, it in the movie yeah. there yes. was some question because of the director change and because the uh what uh sorry what was his name uh reuben fleischer who directed the first one ha- right. has a personal relationship with Woody Harrelson, there was some rumor that, oh, maybe Woody Harrelson can drop out because of this. And like, no, he, I guarantee you their con- his contract does not allow for that. No. Um, mm-hmm. But, so, yeah, I mean, it, with those two going head-to-head, it kind of does make sense to bring in a mocap guy. Um, this is going to be a lot of CGI in this movie. Uh, does this affect your excitement level for Venom Two, Zia? Since you were you you like you liked Venom more than than most the, people. Than, well, than than the two of us, yeah. possibly like, more than the two of us put together. Yeah, I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it either. Yeah, but like, but you you liked it more than us. So yeah, does this it. affect your excitement? For it level? just makes me more excited because there's okay. just so many great creative hands in there. There's so many talented people working on it. I'm just and the acting. You get Tom Hardy. You get Woody Harrelson. I mean, you get Andy Serkis, who's gonna be. I'm just it's gonna be good I'm well, saying that now raining on your parade in the chat How is dare you? Thunder God Cairo 770 this does nothing for me Circus still hasn't proven himself as a good director and honestly I want them to focus on writing quality over special effects but what I'll say to that how about both would you like great special effects and a well-written script? Because yeah. that's what I'm hoping for. That's what I'm hoping for, too. Don't don't hellboy it where I'm excited to go see the movie <laughs> and then the special effects are terrible. And well, you're like, what the, the crap? The, uh, the, the writing is going to be similar to the first. It's the same writer. Mm-hmm. Um, so but if you liked the first one, you'll probably like the second one. doesn't mean that it will be like worse or better like based just based on the people involved but the right. writing the writer is the same but it'll have to be seen what Andy Circus brings to it yeah um i I'm, I'm interested to see look he's been around this stuff for so long i'm interested to see what creativity he can bring to a movie we'll mm-hmm. see i think he's earned, he's worked around to this stuff enough he's earned a chance yeah so, absolutely and i mean look my 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 uh, hopes for Venom were, were kind of low already, so uh, he can't dash those. <laughs> I mean, I went. I think the reason I also liked it so much is I went in just very cautiously because I was like, I this might be terrible. So I was not expecting a lot, and I and I think because of that, I enjoyed it a lot more than I would have if I was like, this is going to be awesome. Yeah. So uh, I mean, like we can look, we could rehash Venom. For me, it was just like missing what I like about the character Venom. Um, it didn't like I didn't think it ele- it brought in enough new to dispel what I was hoping to see and a lot of that's just the because it was missing Spider-Man and it was missing it didn't have the two different hosts dilemma mm-hmm. that you get when it's Eddie and Peter right. and then the, that's that was the that's the part of Venom's story that I connected to the most where gotcha. it's like Venom as a, a tracking as if it's like through a relationship where it's like with Peter and then Peter's the ex and it's with Eddie and then it's Eddie's the ex and it's with Flash and it's better with Flash but it misses Eddie because Eddie's high, high octane um, that kind of stuff um, I also just want to see I don't know I would be interesting to see Tony Revolori do it but oh. Agent Venom is I would love to see that happen who knows what you'll get if you put Tony Revolori in a Venom suit <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think when you use comic book Flash, who you know was the uh, star of the football team in high school, yeah. and you know continue, yeah, he was a military man and all that. Yeah, it might, the, the comic book version of Flash works better, but boy, imagine Tony Revolori, you know, catching up with any of the the symbiote characters, and uh, you know, I want to be Spider Man's best friend. <laughs> he doesn't like me, so now I'm going to kill him. Well, now he and now he knows. Yeah, who. That's true. That's a whole other thing that we yeah, can get it into. Um, but let's uh, let's jump to a different. Re- oh, one more note on Venom. Michelle Williams is confirmed mm-hmm. to return. Mm-hmm. Um, in case like it's a smaller thing, I don't know if anybody was like 
wondering too heavily, but in case you wanted to know, Michelle Williams is coming back. I I think there would be uh, no difference in ticket sales if you were told, by the way, Michelle Williams will not be returning. No. She's a great actress. She is. And I I liked her in the movie, but it's like, if they're going to tell a story without her, that's fine, too. She's not driving this story for us. Right, exactly. No, it was more just a fun little thing, uh, Eddie Brock's relationship with her, and then now Venom being brought into that, and being like, oh, towards the end, it was just, it was kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. And And I think that that's that's where I thought they could have played more with that stuff, Mm -hmm. but they didn't. Anyway, let's jump over to Deadpool. Over, it's no longer Fox. It's like, oh, let's go over to the non-Disney stuff. No, it's just so it's Sony and Disney now. Uh, but Deadpool three is being talked about. Every no one knows what's happening. You guys, you guys talked about the the tease that yes. Ryan Reynolds put where, with Phase five. Yeah. Oh, and look at that right there for those everybody on YouTube. There's our graphic from last <sighs> week. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. Like, we don't know when it's coming, if that's official or if that's just Ryan Reynolds doing, like, <laughs> the thing he did with, like, whoever when whoever it was that did leak that stuff all those yeah. years ago. If he's just doing the same thing again, like, <laughs> if I say it's in Phase 5, then people will get excited and Feige will have to confirm it. That's oh, true. I remember when that came out and everybody saw the snippet of, like, yep. accidentally released Deadpool and everybody's like, oh, my God. <laughs> now we have Deadpool. I mean, it was brilliant. It was It was brilliant. It, so and it smart. clearly worked. Mm-hmm. But now, of course, with Deadpool moving over to Disney, no one knows what the fate of Deadpool 3 is. And that a lot of that comes to obviously they're going to do it again. That They're going to do another Deadpool in some form or another. Mm-hmm. That movie, the, each of those, like together, those two movies have made over a billion dollars at the box office. Ow. They're going to make a Deadpool 3. The question is, and it's going to be with Ryan Reynolds because he's too ingrained in that role now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, do they do a Once Upon a Deadpool level of violence and action and everything like and language and everything like that and do a PG-13 movie, or do they do an R rating? The rumor this week, because we've talked about this at length, is that Disney might do Deadpool 3 R-rated, but then have him bounce around and be PG-13 in other properties. Now, obviously, like everyone has their opinions on whether you want an R rating or a PG-13 rating. Most people being on the camp of keep it R, keep it what it's been. How would you guys feel about this version of it, where Deadpool 3 is R, but he stays clean whenever he appears anywhere else? Honestly, I'm okay with that, because I don't really know how you would do it any other way. If you if you want him in, as part of the MCU, you can't make every movie that he's in with other characters rated R. I totally understand that. But as long as the Deadpool movies get to stay rated R, I would be okay with him moving into PG-13. And I think that there's a very like, clever way that you can do that to make it work, sort of with how he says things. And like you said, he's, he's constantly breaking the fourth wall, so... It's, it can be done in, I think, a very funny way. It just has to ha- be handled kind of carefully. Yeah, Creative. Clearly, we saw with Logan how you can have the same character exist in both worlds. I mean, I think retroactively, they were like, oh, man, we should have done the Wolverine as an R-rated movie and kept him PG-13 in the X-Men movies. Uh-huh. So I, I think I think it'll work very well. And yeah, like Zia said, I don't I don't want an R-rated Avengers movie. I was going to say I don't want an R-rated Spider-Man movie, but my caveat to that would be, if Craven's it's Craven's Last Hunt, <laughs> then it would probably need to be an R-rated movie. But other than that, uh, I, I think, yeah, let him have his R-rated movies, do other R-rated characters, that's fine. Uh, you know, if you ever had a Deadpool Venom movie, I would say, let's go ahead and make that R-rated. Mm-hmm. But if he's going to interact with the, the, more, the more family-friendly characters, I have no problem with it being PG-13. You yeah. could do a funny thing, sorry, I was just so you could do a funny thing with that where he acknowledges it. He's like, well, around the kitties, I have to. You know where he acknowledges that he's holding back because of the company that he's with. Like, he would, inevitably. Yeah. yeah, like you could do it. I think you could do it and make it work. The But the question is, because it's that's not even decided or official, like the, the question is they might just make Deadpool 3 PG-13. I will hurt them. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Who are you well, hurting? It, I don't know. Here's the interesting Whoever's thing. Whoever's in charge of this decision. On this, I'm just uh, kidding. The, the, just kidding. This week, David Leach, who directed Deadpool 2, said that he doesn't believe that Deadpool needs to be R-rated. Yeah, he's just saying that. Quiet down. <laughs> he's saying <laughs> that because so he hasn't gotten the call from Disney yeah, yet for, exactly. to be like, come back and do the next one. He's like, I'll do a PG-13. Everybody's like, Whatever no. Whatever you want. Whatever you want. <laughs> um, no, but I see I see what he's talking about. Like, Look, because here's the thing. The violence levels, if, if so here's, if violence is your concern with Deadpool, 
PG-13 movies get real violent, you guys. Our rating system is super broken. Yeah. Um, So you can do a lot of that violence, that gore that you get in Deadpool. What you can't do is the swearing. And uh, you would lose a lot of the sexual references. Like, we would never know if they'd made the first Deadpool PG-13 that Deadpool's into pegging. Exactly. Yeah, See, which I'm glad we know, obviously. It's okay. very important. Yeah. It's uh, just, I feel like it just takes away from the character so much if you don't do that. Like it, it's just it takes away from the essence that is Deadpool. I would, I would, I would have agreed with you, but I did think that Once Upon a Deadpool worked. I didn't even watch it. Um, I, I went and saw it. Like I, I wouldn't have, but like I wanted to see it. Like be, because of the show, I wanted right. to be able to to report it. And I, I, I'll say it, it worked. Like it wasn't. It didn't feel like the movie was broken or that it didn't function or like. But there's a difference between oh my god this is amazing and oh this works. Yes, I, I agree. Uh, I do prefer like the if I'm gonna watch a cut of Deadpool right now, I don't go to Once Upon a Deadpool. I go to right. the super duper deluxe cut or whatever. And the then you have one the is. Once Upon a Deadpool for the kids that the parents didn't go take. Them I to kids see who are still Deadpool. reasonably yeah. old, but like, kids yeah. who are still like twelve, thirteen. <laughs> to, to, be, to be honest, though, I'm not even sure who that's for because if you're going to take your child to see that movie, just show them the R rated and be done with well, it. Then it's there not, you go. It's not that much of a different. Like, yes, it doesn't have the swearing. It doesn't have as much gore. But is that the line that really you're going to draw in the <laughs> sand at that point? Like, it's still inappropriate. So, yeah, then there you go. Well, who is who is it for? What's the audience? Christian, what's, what's the chat's opinion? I have a feeling I know. But well, th- this uh, sums up a lot of the conversation from my friend Jenna James. It has to be R. If you want a PG-13 for the Goody Two-Shoes cut... Uh, they can do that as long name. as they're also yeah. It should actually be yeah. the the Goody Two Shoes cut. Actually, I think <laughs> I think Deadpool would be on board with that, and <laughs> so would Ryan really Reynolds. Uh, yeah, I mean, if if they want to do what they did with Once Upon a Deadpool, except release release them simultaneously, that's a fascinating idea because then you could actually show how many more people are going to see the R rated one. You know, if, if you're really that interested in it. But I think that you know, I'm seeing I'm seeing very few people, and if we've missed it, and you really want a PG. Sorry, somebody in the chat says, "Why don't they do PG fourteen? Yes, that would certainly <laughs> fix it. That Dr. just made Pecker. Well, I wasn't going to say that's so good for you. That's what that's called Britain. Britain's aid, Britain's rating is fourteen. It's just yeah, they, yeah. yeah. I think really? they also have like a yeah. sixteen. They have or a maybe very, a sixteen. They have very specific rating. There's a uh, there's a British uh, viewer in the chat. Tell us what the uh, rating system is there. because <laughs> yeah. uh, we we could theorize for twenty minutes. But I'm sure that there's someone in there who uh, prefers a, a PG thirteen. But the majority of what I'm seeing is like, yeah, let's have him be rated whatever they want for the the big team up movies. But for his standalone movies, he should be rated R. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think we can. We've talked about this enough on this show. Uh, we we won't know until Disney decides what they want to do. Um, although I will say, you could do a Deadpool movie where the whole thing is that he's been censored and he's like trying so hard to not break. And yeah. stays clean, and it becomes like it becomes the story. You could, you could, um, but I would. And that it would be funny if maybe you did that for one, or maybe you did that when you put him in with the other characters, or something yeah. like that. Well, because you could, you could really just make you just really turn into the skid, and it's like when he goes to shoot someone, he like reaches for what turns into a super soaker. You know, <laughs> I mean, you could. Uh, and by the way, Nick in the chat, I know is from the UK. He says the rating system there it's fifteen and then eighteen. Oh, so okay. That seems a little bit. That seems more accurate, actually. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, or you can just think back to when I was a kid and everything was rated PG or R. You know, so there, there's, there's some PG movies from the early '80s that you would never imagine were rated PG. And I watched both. Well, sure. So uh, yeah, but you know, there's a couple. There, you know what? Ivan Soto in the chat. He doesn't want an R-rated Deadpool. So there you go. There's somebody <laughs> right there. So you know what would be uh, here? Here's my pitch, though. If you need to do a PG-13 Deadpool, if you need to, here's my pitch. Deadpool gets sent to Mojo World. Oh, sweet. And Mojo World yes, has please. strict censors, so every time he goes to do something crazy, he gets, like, smacked with something, and you're just covering it up because you're watching it through Mojo World's oh, eyes. Great. That's funny. I so like he that. has to escape, but he has to be clean about it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, d- I definitely do not hate that. And, you're, and, yeah. and, and Mojo's uh, 
nickname is Bob. <laughs> Bob uh, Bob Eager. Bob Eager, aka Mojo. Oh, no, 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 I'm not. I'm not. Okay. Anyway, let's move on before I get in trouble. Uh, uh, Eternals news um, or Eternals rumors? Because most of what we talk about now for the next eight months is going to be rumors. Uh, so Gemma Chan is in talks for coming into the Eternals as well as. A Dunkirk star, Barry Cogan. Um, not super familiar with, with Barry Cogan. I saw Dunkirk. Um, I saw Dunkirk too. It was great. Uh, but nobody, no, no, no word on what these roles will be. Uh, the interesting thing about this is oh, yeah. that oh, okay. Gemma Chan is uh, obviously has already appeared in an MCU movie, and not very long ago, it was this year. She was in Captain Marvel mm-hmm. as uh, uh, Min Irva. Right, uh, the, one of the Kree, the Kree operative with the sniper rifle. You yes. Can't remember that. Uh, do you guys think that she's going to reprise her role, or is this going to be? Would this be a completely new part? I think they're going to give her a new part. I mean, maybe there's a place for for that character in the Eternals. I don't know. I mean, the, they've been around forever. Totally makes sense. Um, but I see them actually going a different direction with her. Yeah, I would think it's a different character. But if you really want it to be the same character, then you have some connective scene where she's a scroll or something. You know, I mean, there's whatever yeah. reason you would do that. But uh, I, I would I would just say don't try to force it and make her the same character if they're approaching it because they want to just hire her. People, people will be okay with it. I mean, look, it's again uh, as you get deeper and deeper into these movies, your pool of actors not gets smaller. There's a ton of actors, but like, look, these are good actors. Um, It is. Look, she played an alien, so there's it's a little bit easier. That was kind of my thought. So she just won't be blue, (laughs) In the next one, and that's a little. I mean, look, you have Mahershala Ali, who is technically the MCU, depending on how you look at the Netflix series as um, uh, Cottonmouth, and now he's going to be appearing as Blade. Now, I don't doesn't bother me as much because one of those characters is spoilers dead. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Obviously. Blade is dead? <laughs> well, it's sort of. Depending. Yeah, well, that's true. That's a good point. <laughs> uh, but so, uh, they're never going to meet. That's the yeah. big thing. I just don't want them to do this too much. Yeah. Uh, where it becomes confusing for anyone. But I don't think this would bug me. And they, look, they, they maybe they'll put her through tons of more makeup. Because who knows what she's going to look like on a Jack Kirby Eternal style. Mm-hmm. She didn't have a big. She wasn't a starring role. She had a supporting role. And in, she, like you Captain said, Marvel. she was very heavily disguised. Yeah. In blue. <laughs> yeah. By the so. way, I just rewatched Captain Marvel on the, while I was on the uh, going on a plane out of town. Like oh, I was nice. just like it was like uh, available, uh, and there I wasn't enough time to watch Endgame on the flight. So I just like cool Captain Marvel, and I was like, oh, I, this movie's so much. This movie's better than I even remembered. Like it was so much fun to rewatch it. But it, it had been a while. And I just really liked it. That's been a few months. That's all. Yeah. That's all. Uh, I just really liked it. And I, went, I hadn't had a chance to pick it up on Blu-ray yet. And so I went and did it because I, I wanted to watch it again and, <laughs> and again and again and again. Um, also, I was pre-ordering Endgame at the same time. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I, I knew there was something more to that. <laughs> no, but it was, it was just like on my list. And it was also that thing of like, when are they going to announce the box set of the entire Infinity Saga that yeah. I have to rebuy for $800. In a giant uh, gauntlet, please, yeah, thank you. They have to do it. Yeah, come on. They haven't announced it, but they have to be doing it. I don't know. Anyway, anyway. Let's, so, another rumor, and this one isn't attached to a specific project, but supposedly Marvel is talking to Giancarlo Esposito, uh, who you will probably most be familiar with as Gus Fring on Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, for a role. We don't know what role. Uh, however, X-Men, the X-Men First Class writer, Zach Stentz, I want to say, because I'm not, I didn't put the name in front of me, uh, has his theory, and I want to hear your guys' thoughts on this, that he thinks Giancarlo Esposito could be Magneto. Hmm. Hmm. Um, and he specifically was saying a... Now, this is... Uh, a, this would be... He thinks he would be a Rwandan genocide survivor version of Magneto. Do you think they're casting for X-Men already? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Well, they're at least... I think that they would be... feelers out. Look, Feige dropped the word mutants at uh, at San Diego Comic-Con. I think he already knows when the next Mutants movie is going to come out. I think that they have a rough idea of what story they want to do, and they're talking to actors and directors 
easily. There's no question that they're already talking to people or at least talking about it in in internal meetings. They have to. It's a multi-billion dollar franchise that they've got. They, <laughs> yeah. they just got the rights to. Yeah. That they've said they're working on. And I expect them to, to drop some more news at D23. What do you guys think of, of, of that rumor? What do you guys think? The idea of Mag- Giancarlo Esposito as Magneto. I think he's a great actor, and if you have a script that supports him being cast, I think it'll work. You know, I mean, as with anything, it's like you, you can you can have the best cast in the world, and it doesn't always make for a great movie. So, if if they have a cast, uh, sorry, if they have him in place to play Magneto, and the script makes perfect sense, then I think it's going to be great. He's a great actor. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, and he does, also doesn't necessarily. Here's the thing: it's like you might think of him as a villain. Villain because of uh, because of Breaking Bad, but 20 years ago he was a police officer on Homicide. You know he's been around for a long time. I think he's fairly versatile. And I, look, if that's where it goes, I think that's fine. It's it's not the way that I think of Magneto, but uh, it's it, it fits into sort of one vision of Magneto that I know Zach you've talked about on the show before that it, to sort of play up the Martin Luther King Malcolm X dynamic between the two of them. Well, the Rwandan genocide is a specifically interesting yeah. the idea that that Stentz put out there it, because it it does connect at least with his. Uh, Origin being a Holocaust survivor, sure. it's just mm-hmm. a different Holocaust. I, to me, that that's closer than it being, and it also puts him. Um, if you're setting it in America, it puts him as an immigrant, which has its own interesting yeah, aspects to it, as opposed to being an American citizen. Um, I, I think it's stronger than what I had pitched as him being part of the civil rights movement because right. it has the genocide aspect to it that would you would lose uh, taking him out of the out of World War II and the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm as much as like I enjoy having a Jewish character because there's so few Jewish superhero characters. Um, just Kitty Pryde, basically just Kitty Pryde <laughs> uh, and, and Magneto. Yeah, it's right, basically exactly. the two of them. And I and as much as Magneto is a, a villain, but he's a villain with a lot of layers to him and. His Jewish identity has been a huge part of that. I'm fine with that having to take a back seat to make him more modern and more approachable for a wider audience and updated to today. It just it, if it has to work, it has to work. It would be hard to make it work with the Holocaust at this point. The age he just be, the just, timeline so doesn't add up. Uh, unless you do something crazy where timelines have been broken or something you like could. that, which you, you don't need do. to do that to just to get a character to have match their origin story from the comics. Look, it's an easy fix to have had Frank Castle in Afghanistan instead of Vietnam. You yeah, know? Right. I mean, so yeah. just uh, I think, and to your point about Rwanda in particular, yeah, it, it you sort of create the same the same foundation for the character's outlook on the world by mm. having him be a part of that. Yeah. Now, as far as Giancarlo Esposito as Magneto, I'm not a, I'm not as sure about it. Like, I don't mind him being like sure. that being the origin character, but I'm not as sure about him. He has like so it works. It's not that it doesn't work. He Magneto in my head has that more cool vibe about him. Like he has a forgive this magnetic personality. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, Um, but I and Giancarlo Esposito has that threatening vibe. Yeah, but Magneto to me was somebody who has to be super persuasive not just by being threatening but you want him you want to believe him yeah you want to and i think sbd could do that if you gave him the right script and everything yeah. that's not how i've seen him his, his parts as much like he has that like i will hurt you if you don't right. join me vibe but not the you should join me you want to be on my team like the way that um that uh, current Magneto. Fastbender. Fastbender. Oh, yeah. The way that Fastbender plays him is you want to join him. You're just like, yeah, uh, what do you got to say? Like, let's do it. Like, <laughs> yeah. let's, that to me is very, and, and it was similar when you had um, Ian McKellen playing the role. It's like, you want to join them. You want to be on their side. You're not just scared of them. You want their approval. Yeah, and, and also to the, the way you said it before, it's not, I'm going to hurt you if you don't join me. It's like, you are going to get hurt by them if you don't join yeah. me. You need to come to me. I'm going to keep you safe. Right, because and I think you actually that. believe yeah. in him yeah, and believe sure. in what he's doing. Yeah, And that's just not how I've seen Giancarlo Esposito play the villain role before uh but it doesn't mean he can't that's sure. just that's my thought do you guys have any other other thoughts on who he might play honestly i'm gonna be i'm gonna be perfectly honest i have never seen him in anything i didn't watch breaking bad which I, people are like oh 
Yeah, yeah everybody's like, what? Um, it was just never a show that I ever got there's around to. There's a lot of to. stuff on TV. It's yeah, there's, there's a ton of stuff. Um, Calm down, so, audience. So I have, I have literally never seen him in anything. I can't have a single opinion on what That's that might totally be. That's totally fine. <laughs> Christian, do you have any thoughts? You know, I, I, when I, I read about this uh, earlier in the week, and I didn't really have a lot of thoughts for characters who came to mind, you know, because you... I, I think he should be a consequential character, you know? I, I don't think... If I were to Google, like, Black Panther villains or Luke Cage villains and come up with somebody, like, eight down on the list, I don't think that that's a good character for him to be playing, you know? So, the, you know, I hadn't thought of the Magneto aspect, but I think somebody that is consequential in that way. But look, also, he doesn't necessarily have to be a, a powered individual. There are, are, you know, Wilson Fisk isn't the only crime boss in New York, so I think that there'd be a little bit of typecasting because of what he already played on Breaking Bad, but uh, that that's the sort of role that comes to mind for him. Well, speaking of crime in New York, my thought, actually, on an alternate character for him, Norman Osborn. Oh, that would be good. Yeah, absolutely. That would be a great. Like that'd be that a great fit. feels much more and, in like the type of character role that I could see him if we're typecasting a little bit. Like, could see him playing yeah. is like it's that this person is so smart that he is dangerous and he could kill me if he <laughs> wanted to. Like, you should hide from this man. Like that's that, and that's yeah, Norman Osborn. That's true. Is it's not he does not inspire leadership. He inspires fear. I will take your word for it. <laughs> uh, well, that was about. I was talking about Norman, about Norman but I Edward. think Giancarlo yeah. Esposito yeah, yeah. could play that role. Anyway, um, so chat. Let us know, or if you're if you're watching later, let us know in the comments who you think Giancarlo Esposito could play. In the future, if if it's somebody else that we that we've talked that haven't talked about, well, it's hard for me to discount uh, this comment from Anthony Manzano because he says Denzel Washington as Professor X and Idris Elba as Magneto. Uh, I I would watch Idris Elba play both Magneto and I would Professor watch X. Him in anything, yeah, like all the things. That, Idris Elba. We, we talked about this, you guys. I know, but I'll watch him play all the roles. I just went to see Hobbs and Shaw because we just of him. talked about how they can't do this too often of characters just showing up with in the same right. universe. I I'd be okay with it though, <laughs> because I like him so much. Uh, but I would love to see Denzel Washington in a Marvel movie. Um, I actually think I actually think Denzel as Magneto more than Professor X, um, because again he would be you. You want to be on his side, yeah. That's but a good he point. will. He, like but that. but when he turns and you are suddenly realize that you're not necessarily on the right side. Yeah. You're like, uh-oh. Because, again, it's it's Malcolm X, Martin Luther King. Right. Neither of them was bad. They just had totally different takes on the same issue. And one was one was more violent, one was more passive. Uh, but they're they're both arguing different versions of a, a just fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think that uh, there, was a, there was another thought in there from uh, Senor Nerd. Uh, what about having him as the voice of Galactus? So... Uh, oh. I'm not quite sure which of the actors that is, though. Uh, Honestly, I would say I would say Denzel, but uh, you know, your training day Denzel sounds like a good uh, Magneto as well. Yeah. Honestly, Galactus, I have no idea how to do that on film. Like, yeah. I don't know what I want to see. Like, I actually would defend the the cloud thing from Fantastic Four: Rise of the Silver Surfer only because, like, what are you supposed to do? Yeah, just put true. a giant man in orbit? That's insane. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's just what is he going to pick up? up the earth and take a bite out of it yes let's see that it, just it's kidding. just one of those weird things in comics that like i don't know how you translate that especially into the grounded reality of the mcu right um like how do you do like an 800 foot tall man that's gonna eat the planet it doesn't necessarily it's gonna feel super weird yeah um, so that's i know why they went with the the nano cloud in that sure. movie um Anyway, let's, um, what do you say we take a moment and jump over to Marvel TV time? Marvel movie news. We're talking TV time. All right, so some news that came out uh, in the last couple days that I know you guys didn't have a chance to talk about on TV Weekly uh, yet is that apparently ABC is in talks for a brand new Marvel show. To be on the network on uh, after Agents of Shield leaves the channel right. next year, because that would be the—it's the only Marvel show on broadcast television right now, uh, and they are in. So 
ABC president Carrie Burke said, I have spoken to Marvel and we are in talks, in active talks, about one project in particular. That's the quote. And yep. then, but then there's a little bit more to it. And they said, and they said, it's something brand new, mostly. There you go. Mostly. So the okay. idea that it's something brand new, so it's not, that, that implies that it's not a spinoff. It's not going to be uh, most Marvel's most wanted. Uh, well, I think Sword is getting used over in the with Nick Fury yeah. and the Squirrels in the in the MCU in the, in the movie franchise. Uh, so something brand new, mostly. It's not. What it's, does that mean? What does that it, say to you? Guys? Right. It's not the the new Warriors that was supposed to happen somewhere in the last two years. I, I yeah. I mean, that's the problem with with this kind of a quote. It can literally be anything, you know. And so what I think where it's new. Mostly, well, you can think of how when Shield started, it was it was these new characters, but also with Coulson. So there could there's probably a familiar face or maybe just familiar character that we've never seen on screen before. Yeah, in a situation with a bunch of new stuff, though. Uh, I, I forgot to mention that this is specifically uh, rumored to be a female superhero led project. Um, hmm. That's the information that we have. If With it's that, girl, I'm leaving. That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> you literally was like my next though, next words out of Sorry. my mouth. Where I'll bet you it's Squirrel Girl <sighs> because the the rumors that I had heard back when New Warriors was going about was that they it they really liked it and they weren't sure they thought it was too good for ABC Family at the time or Freeform yeah. uh, I forget when it fell in that discussion but like that was the that was the rumor that I heard but you don't shelve a project cuz you liked it so much right yeah but, all, all those movies and TV shows that we've never seen because they were too good for audiences yeah. well but it may have been a thing where it was going to cost too much for Freeform that makes and sense. then with and then sense. with all yeah. of the stuff bouncing around with with Fox and buying that and then like ABC mm. has had a few different presidents and like or head of production at, like over the last few years so it may be that it just like fell to circumstances where nobody was like willing to put in what is going to be in a very a very expensive show to license that way i think this could be squirrel girl i think it fits with abc's uh style mm-hmm. to have a more family-friendly character like squirrel girl i think it fits with their style to do something that is going to feel new it's going to feel very inclusive um, it's going to hit young audiences if you do her a little bit younger in like her early 20s. Like, I could see you doing like a fresh out of. I would love to see a squirrel girl story where she's fresh out of college, being a squirrel girl, and like running around the MCU. Oh, that show is not going to be for me. Just trying to be, <laughs> uh, just trying to be a single girl in the city with the power to talk to squirrels. <laughs> Well, if that's the show, it'll Come be, on. It'll, be gr- it'll be great that I have these outlets Ooh. here at uh, Popcorn Talk and After Buzz to talk about because I will never tell a living person, including my wife, that I'm watching a Squirrel Girl show. I will pretend I that will, I don't watch it till the end of I the day. I will shout about that show to the masses. <laughs> I, but Because for me, that's like the rom-com version of it, and that's oh, that's like a that sweet spot rom-coms. for me. Yeah. Um, is like I love the idea of blending superhero nonsense with like romantic comedy. Which is something we haven't really done before. We did it a little bit in Ant-Man and the Wasp. That's true. But I want to see just like full-on rom-com in the Marvel Universe. One day I'll get it, you guys. <laughs> Maybe you can write that movie. I, please. I have I have drafts. He's already got Marvel. Look at that, guys. Call me. Maybe, um, maybe WandaVision. Uh, so we already oh, talked yeah. about the, the Disney Plus bundle. We sure do have. Um, let's, uh, can we talk about S.H.I.E.L.D. a little bit, you guys? Oh, you guys Shield. talked about it. We did talk about it on Sunday. Did I you ever get to? I was in Indianapolis. <laughs> guys, it was so cool. Like, So, my reactions to this season, the season was okay. It's on the lower rung of like the at the last six seasons. I would put it like fourth or fifth. On my favorites, might even be six, to be perfectly honest. Um, la- this and last season, I think, are my least favorites. Doesn't mean mm. they're bad, they're just my least favorites. Like, of the Ghost Rider season, season two was really good. I think season one is a little bit underrated, where people are like, it took so long to get started. I was like, I was having fun even before it got the, they started the Hydra stuff. Um, the season was like, okay, with the whole, like, Sarge thing. Um, that twist at the end that I'm not gonna say in case people don't wanna be. Although we should, okay. I think we have to spoiler talk about alert it, yeah. for Agents of Shield. Yeah. Spoiler alert! This is the last bit of news. So, like, if you guys haven't watched Agents of Shield yet and you're worried, this is your fair warning that we're gonna spoil the hell out of it because I'm excited. Colts is back, sorta. Hey guys, uh, what do you guys think? Of, I they brought they, they're doing LMDs again. Sure. 
Like, it's it's S.H.I.E.L.D. Of course there's LMDs running around. Great, so bring Trip back, too. If you're going to do LMDs, do LMDs for everybody. Bring Ward back. Actually, no, please don't bring Ward back. But, uh, well, it's the last season. Who yeah. knows who we're going to see? I, I think we'll see everybody who I just but said. But I think yeah. it's, the, I think it's the, the thing of, like, we like they have enough records of Coulson that they could replicate his brain. Yeah, and okay. honestly, I want him on the show so much that I actually don't care. I, don't even, I didn't even take time to think about whether or not it bothers me. I'm like, no, that makes sense. That's fine. Because yeah. I want to see him on the show. It's essentially him. My question now, though, is, is Agent May, going to be like, oh, this is my Coulson. <laughs> Where, like, is he going to be in love? Because he'll remember all of that. Are they just going to be together again, or is she going to be like, this is weird? Because I'm telling you now, if my husband died and they brought back uh, basically him in a robot body, wouldn't even think twice about it. He's alive again. Everything's cool. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I mean, I'm it just would saying. Be, like, It would be awkward for a while. You'd, you'd have to feel out, like, what is this? Like, I think it would be. It's going to be weird. It's going to be interesting. Look, they had a whole thing where they were hooking up with LMDs a couple of years ago, and it didn't end well. So, but I think yeah, it'll eventually be that they're like cool with it yeah, or whatever. Um, but now they're also time travelers, <laughs> so they're going to yeah. be doing some like. Uh, I saw one quote that it was just going to be. It's going to be uh, Marvel's Legends of Tomorrow. I saw that. I'm into I saw that, that. Uh, yeah. which is I basically like what it tomorrow. is. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Why not? Here's the big thing, though. I know you guys were... We were talking about this before the show. If they're in the 1930s, you know who else is around in the 1930s or just after that? Hitler. (laughs) (laughs) I know that's not what you were going to say, but I'm right. I mean, look, if we can send Daisy to go quake Hitler... Yeah. Great. I would watch the hell out of that. Quake him in the face. Um, No. Uh... Peggy Carter. Yeah. We knew there. And now you're going to blend two of my favorite things together, and you're going to break me. You're going to like. You're going to break my nerd brain. Right. If if Peggy Carter and Phil Coulson share the screen. And we talked about this on Sunday on Marvel TV Weekly. The Empire State Building is not finished in that shot. The Empire State Building was finished in 1930. So I think that, and I said this on Sunday, they will time travel again to get up to speed. Because if you're looking for somebody who knows a lot about S.H.I.E.L.D., who knows more than the lady who started S.H.I.E.L.D.? So they'll want to jump ahead, like, I don't know, 12, 13 years to talk to Peggy. So I think that's when we'll see her. I don't it, think they're going to stick it just, around. If, if the Chronicons are... Chronicons are Chronicoms? Chronicoms, right? Whatever. Enoch's pals. The Not Watchers. Um, <laughs> if they're if the Not Watchers are go, are trying to go around and wipe out Shield, if that's their goal, going to when Shield was started makes the most sense. Right. And who started uh, Shield? Was and this goes back to the rumor that was from a few weeks ago, where there was like a weird. Shot of a bunch of bikes that yeah, Ming-Na Wen posted. The wrap gift from season seven. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is already wrapped. It's done. Yeah. Like they finished filming the entire I think last next Tuesday season. or Wednesday or something. Yeah. Um, and there was a a little like label of a character or an actor from Agent Carter. Uh, so we might get that. And here's the thing that I think is great about this. This could be the way that we get to wrap out Agent Carter without season three. We can um, maybe close some of the, the the holes that were there at the end of that series um, and just, like, finish that off. Because I, th- I don't think we're ever going to get Agent Carter season three at this point. Um, not with Disney Plus and all these moving parts. Yeah. Like, Haley Atwell's, like, often think... And plus, like, the, it's all messy because of Endgame. And, like, when did Cap go back to? And where's Peggy at that point? And, like, he was the... What universe are we in? It's all a mess, guys. Yeah. But... You could just, like, there's a couple story points that, like, oh, they're going to assassinate people at the end of season two, and, like, her her brother is, like, in danger, or her brother is the danger. There's a whole thing that we never got satisfied. You could do that in one episode. You could have an, or two episodes. You could have a little arc with the Agent Carter cast, close those storylines, also throw some Comic-Cons in there for insanity, and then you, you you get to feel like that show finished. And plus, we've had her on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. already. I remember uh, an episode with her and the Howling Commandos. So, uh, you know, I, there's there's no reason. Well, I, I don't know. Let's put it this way. If she's not in the next season, that's such a wasted opportunity that, uh, it, well, I'll be I'll, a year from now, I can say how annoying it is. <laughs> It'll be, I we can hope. Yeah. We can 
hope you guys. Um, all right, we're running low on time, so unfortunately we don't have time for Doom's Question Corner, but be sure to send your questions in. We're going to need lots of questions going ahead, guys, because the news is going to get real thin without some stuff, without movies coming out. Yeah. So we, but, but we have the show to just have fun and talk about the nonsense that yeah. is the Marvel Universe. So send your questions into doomsquestioncorner at gmail.com, and we will be sure to read those as we go forward and as we have slower news weeks and all of that. So, signing out for the day, I'm Zach Wilson. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at ThatZachWilson. And you can check out my other podcast, Ships in the Night, where we do weird cross-fandom shipping stuff. Zia's been there. Chris has been there. It always gets weird. Uh, Once again, that's Ships in the Night, wherever you get podcasts. Zia! I'm Zia Anderson. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Zia underscore land. It's X-I-A underscore land. And you can check out the other show that I'm on. It's Eric Nagel, where we talk about life stuff. We talk about nerd stuff. We talk about all kinds of stuff. And you can find that on um, iHeartMedia, Spotify, or I'm sorry, it's iHeartRadio, Spotify, uh, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. Christian, plug away. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at ChristianDMZ and Zia and myself. Sundays over on AfterBuzz TV for Marvel TV Weekly. That's at 9 Pacific. And uh, tomorrow I'll be doing a special here at the Popcorn Talk Network at 1 Pacific. It's uh, taking a look at the historical the historical background from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and the history that actually is represented on the screen. And then, hey, you know what? A lot of that stuff didn't really happen. But uh, So that should be fun, so you can uh, find that there. And uh, finally, in the chat from Zeno Hour, I'm sad to say, but Z is officially canceled until she watches Breaking Bad. I don't make the rules, people. Well, I don't make the rules either, but I don't think you should cancel anybody because they didn't watch a show that's not Marvel. She has a lot of seasons of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to watch before she watches Breaking Bad. Anyway, yeah, that's all. I support you, Zia. Hey, you guys. This has been Marvel Movie News. Thank you for geeking out with us. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of its owners or principals.